0: Holiday your heart out at Old Navy. Today only, all hats, gloves, and scarves are 50% off. Plus, get 40% off your entire purchase today at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Hats, gloves, and scarves valid 1120. 40% valid at 1115 to 1120. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello, all you beautiful people. Thank you so much for joining me again for another show. This is Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Great to have you guys back. Tonight's show, I think, is long overdue. We're talking all about PMS, how to have a breezy period that has you feel like a normal human being and doesn't want, doesn't make you want to kill someone. That's what tonight's show is all about. So, and not even to have just a period that you feel like okay, but actually to where you feel. Like your best self. That's our goal tonight is giving you some information, understanding what's at the root of difficult periods, how to get to the root so that you're able to have balanced hormones and actually feel good all month long. So that's the goal tonight. Really excited to share with you guys some information. I'll announce my guest in just a minute, but just wanted to give you guys um, uh, the website, shinenaturalmedicine.com. If you guys are working with maybe someone out in your area, not really getting results, I'm happy to work with you. I work with patients all over uh, from all over the country, it's the, the beauty of doing my, my podcast. It's such a blessing, and patients all over, and I mean Virginia and New York and Florida and all over the place. So, if any of you patients listening, hello, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, and it's just it's such a joy to be able to do that and help people from all over the place. So. Again, if you're working with someone not really getting the results, check us out shinenaturalmedicine.com. There's information on there of how we work, um, and then we can schedule something. So be really happy to help you feel better. There's answers. If you're not really getting to the root of it, not getting help, there is probably a reason for that. You're not crazy. It's not all in your head. <laughs> There's actually a root cause to any kind of symptom that we're, that we're dealing with, and it's about looking under the hood and seeing what's going on. And so, if you guys would like to call and ask a question during the show, that's the beauty of doing live radio. You can call in. The number is eight one eight four nine five six nine one nine. That's eight one eight 495 6919 We'll, we'll um, have some time to take some live questions. Also, if you want to ask a question on the Facebook page, you can go over to facebook.com slash Dr. Lauren Noel, and I'll check on there. do my best to check on during the show. It's kind of hard to multitask sometimes, but I'll do my best to get to those questions as well. But, of course, precedence always goes to the callers. So if I sound a little raspy, it's because I was in... Um, a workshop over the weekend. I, I just completed a four month transformational training uh, leadership course um, up in LA called MITT, and it was amazing. Um, it was just just so so great it's always I think the way I see it is that as humans we're always kind of slipping into patterns and things from probably past base issues right things that happened long long ago and, and we can get into a funk it's just the nature of being human so pushing past that is it's really important I love getting out of my comfort zone and always growing and um, so I was embarking on, on this uh, crazy training the last four months and, and one cool thing that I, I haven't even shared with you guys is I was a part of um, totally restoring a foster Care Center up in LA is a non-profit organization that helps um, over 200 kids, and and we restored this building that was just pretty much in shambles. I mean, it was really just the bare minimum of of what they what they had for resources. And within two weeks, we raised $100,000 and restored this this center, and it was just amazing. We had a ribbon cutting last week, and um, just just so great when you can work together for 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 a cause. You know, it's just it's just crazy. So and I and I have to say that there's so much power, um, so much healing and getting outside of yourself and helping other people. I actually want to do a show, um, coming up on the power of volunteerism, uh, and just the the health benefits that can come from that. So that's what I've been up to, um, apart from running the clinic and doing everything else. So um, so yeah, but tonight's show is all about hormones, how to have a menstrual cycle that has you feel normal and uh, not a crazy person. And we'll really get to the root of what is going on at the uh, kind of the cellular level and looking under the hood. So my guest tonight is Dr. Andrea Maxim. She is the creator of The Maxim Movement. Her website is themaximmovement.com. She's one of Southern Ontario's leading naturopathic doctors and the creator of the Maxim Movement, which helps people move towards maximizing their, di- maximizing their digestion, their hormones, their weight loss and of course their overall health has written the book *Maximized Health, the New Intelligent System for Optimal Digestion and Hormones, which I've, I've had the, um, uh, the pleasure of looking through, and it's really, really great. It gets to the root of removing triggers like food sensitivities, heavy metals, stress, environmental toxins, how to detox the body, and how to flood it with nutrients to get it functioning properly. It's a lot more than, oh, you have cramps, let's give you Advil, right? It's like actually really getting to the root of it. Uh, so that is all about Dr. Andrea, but we will obviously hear more from her. So Dr. Maxim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you. Thanks for being flexible about uh moving the schedule around a little bit. I appreciate that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And honestly, um my my little one is asleep now, so it's just you, me, and everybody that's listening. So this is perfect timing for me.
1: Nice. And you're out there in Ontario, right? So you're is it the East Coast yes. time? Okay. Uh, we right. are on Eastern been Standard yet? Time, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I have to come out there sometime. I haven't been out there. I've only been to, um, was it Vancouver? So way far west in, in um, Canada, mm-hmm. but I've heard it's beautiful out there.
2: Yes, very much. How, is it cold right now?
1: I always assume it's freezing uh, up there.
2: <laughs> I know. That seems to be the stereotype. No, it's actually beautiful. It was it it felt like it was um, 27, 28 degrees. It might have actually only been 24, but we're getting like perfect, perfect spring weather this week. So it's but nice. You
1: mean Celsius, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> People are like, "What? That's freezing." Okay, yeah. No Celsius.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're we're into Celsius up here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. We're the we're the the narcissistic Americans that that are the only ones that keep it Fahrenheit, right? It's like everyone else Celsius. But that <laughs> sounds beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, it's, so, and all the leads are out, and it's wonderful. Oh, so what you what got you studying? You know, the concept of hormones and into natural medicine. I know so much of us have our own personal story that brings us to this.
2: Uh, honestly, with regards to becoming a physician, it was kind of my calling. I can't really think of a time when there was anything else that I wanted to do. It was mm-hmm. something that I did, I decided on when I was around five years of age, and I was just like, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to be a doctor someday." And being the type A sort of firstborn person that I am, I just kind of stuck with it and drove right towards that goal. But honestly, I didn't even know that naturopathic medicine was an option until I was in my last year at university. And up until that point, I thought conventional medicine was kind of the only way to go. But, you know, the more I thought about how competitive it was to get into med school and what I would have to do and how long I'd be in school for, it just wasn't pulling me in that direction. So I started looking at other professions where you can really engage with your uh, patients or clients. So I thought, well, maybe I'll be a physiotherapist or a chiropractor or, um, you know, even getting into massage therapy. And then it was literally like a Google search that changed everything for me. And I saw a naturopathic excuse me, naturopathic medicine covered, you know, all of the things I've always wanted to learn. I get to be a primary care physician and I get to learn herbal medicine and acupuncture and diet and lifestyle and supplementation and all the things that have really kind of piqued my interest and just kind of went to the um, one of the only two schools in Canada, graduated in 2011, and I've been running my practices ever since.
1: That's cool. We have a really similar story actually. It was it was a, a month before I graduated, uh um, my undergrad and I same thing, I did an internet search and I was like, What is this? Oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. whole this whole mm-hmm. new world I didn't even know existed. So that's that's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I know you're probably just having such great success with your with your patients, and I I love the the program you put together because it really gets to the root of it, and it does a very whole body kind of approach. And I tell my patients all the time that's really what it's about. Even with balancing hormones, you got to get to the root. You know, you got to remove the toxins and address, you know, the heavy metals and the um, sensitivities and address the gut and all of that. So. I know we'll we'll dive into more of that on on, sh- on the show tonight, but I'm really excited to do the, the topic of PMS because it's obviously a topic that will draw in a lot of female listeners. Um, one of the most common things I see in my practice, I'm sure you see it a lot too, and there's a lot at the root of it. So we'll dive into the whole topic of PMS, but I think the important thing is taking a step back and looking at, okay... Before we talk about what's broke, let's talk about what a normal functioning kind of system looks like with, you know, with mm-hmm. menstrual cycle, with hormones and all of that. So, so like, let, let's take a step back. What hormones are involved in regulating a woman's menstrual cycle? Like, how should it naturally look in in a proper balance?
2: So, the way I kind of put it into blocks is basically a healthy female menstrual cycle is about 28 to 35 days. But for the sake of simplicity, let's just say 28 days is the norm. So it's actually broken up into weeks, if you will. So the first two weeks are predominantly more estrogen-based. Estrogen is what's going to help the follicle, and that's where the eggs are. They're going to develop properly. And then that, as that follicle grows, estrogen levels tend to rise. And then as soon as we hit day 14, which is considered the day of ovulation, that's when our estrogen levels kind of peak. And then we what we get is called an LHC surge. So another hormone is um, luteinizing hormone. And that surge creates ovulation. So that's when the egg is released from the follicle. And that's the peak time for you to get pregnant. So you really only have 24 hours to get pregnant in a cycle. Um, And then the second half, the last two weeks of the cycle are all progesterone dominant. So it's actually progesterone that's going to help to develop and thicken that lining that the egg, if it was fertilized, would attach itself to. And progesterone is also what triggers um, healthy blood vessels to be born so that it can nourish that lining. So if there is a pregnancy there, then it keeps the, the pregnancy viable. And then by the end of the the month or around day 27, 28, progesterone drops and estrogen actually starts to rise and that's what triggers the bleeding to start again. So one of the simple things that I find a lot of women don't realize is how to even calculate or time your cycle. So day one is the day when you first start bleeding and that's typically when estrogen starts to rise. Around day 14, again, is ovulation. And then typically day 27, 28 is when the cycle is over. So um, that's kind of the basics of it. So, um, again, in the first two weeks, it's estrogen dominant. And there's another hormone that I missed called um, FSH or, uh, uh, oh, my goodness, follicle-stimulating hormone. And then the last two weeks is LH and progesterone or luteinizing hormone and progesterone. So those are kind of the the key players.
1: And when, is, when does the FSH go up in the cycle?
2: FSH is predominantly there for the
1: first half.
2: So it's there mm-hmm. because if you don't have FSH, you're not going to be developing that
1: healthy follicle and that healthy egg. Mhm. So it's a whole rhythm to it, and that's why we as women yes. are so complicated. Because if you take a woman on day two, she's going to be very different than day 26, right? I mean, it's like it's a whole different kind of balance of hormones.
2: Well, that's just it. And that's why if we're starting to find women developing mood instability, and we know it's hormonal, or how we also say cyclical, so it happens with every month around the same time, we know that there's something out of balance. And um, the other thing is because there's so many players with regards to how your menstrual cycle works, it gives us a great deal of information how your menstrual cycle is flowing, what the flow is like, how often does it come, is it coming at all? And women are incredibly fortunate to have that because with men, we always have to do extra lab tests and figure this, that, and the other thing out because they don't have any measurable way for us to track how their hormones are working. So it's it's right. a really cool thing that we have and something that I think a lot of us take for granted, probably because not many of us have wonderful periods. You know, there's a lot of women, young, middle-aged, what have you, that are have had um, severe cramping, they have excessive bleeding, and it's just not a fun time. But it gives us so much valuable information
1: yeah one of the intake um, questions I have on, on my form with new patients is is I uh, have them circle all the different symptoms that could be PMS related and it's an eye-opener because I, for many women they think that with PMS it's just you know cramps or you know maybe moodiness but it could be a lot of different symptoms so what are some symptoms that you see that could be PMS uh, or menstrual kind of related symptoms
2: So typically they tend to happen um, the week before they start bleeding or the week before their day one. And it can be anywhere from breast tenderness to carrying excessive water weight to gaining three or five pounds that week, kind of seemingly out of nowhere. Um, Headaches is another big one that I find. Usually a headache will um, either trigger or it'll be right before the cycle starts, or typically on day one, it's the worst. But even things like um, loose bowel movements or diarrhea, we've seen happen right before a cycle, or um, acne flare up. so skin changes can definitely happen based on how the hormones are functioning. But I think what most women complain the most about is usually their mood swings. So irritability, you know, short temper, maybe weepiness where they're just uncontrollably crying at the drop of the hat or at, you know, a sad commercial. Um, Or they (laughs) say, you know, I don't notice it, but my partner does. So my husband will usually tell me when it's it's happening or my partner will tell me when it's happening. So those are the typical ones that we see.
1: I love I love in the during the patient visits when when I have the you know my lady patients bring in their partner and I say oh so do you have any PMS symptoms and then and she looks over at her husband and it's like mm-hmm. right he's like, he's like I better uh, answer yes, this very uh, <laughs> very cautiously <laughs> right 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 yeah so why why does PMS happen I know that there's lots of things that can be involved but you know what what are some things that are that are contributing to to this.
2: You know what? That's not um, an easy answer that I can just say, you know, this is the definition of why PMS is happening. Um, And that's really where the beginning of your, your, your call tonight really started is when it comes to hormonal imbalance, what are some of the things that could be triggering those hormones to be out of balance? Because to be quite honest, if your hormones are working appropriately, if your body is functioning on a healthy level, you shouldn't even notice your cycle coming. It should literally just show up last for anywhere from three to five days, and then you're totally done and you're on your way. Um, The reason why women start to develop some of these abnormal symptoms or what we call PMS symptoms could be just about anything, really. It could be, um, you know, toxin exposures that we're being exposed to. And the biggest problem that we're finding nowadays is this um, theory of estrogen dominance, where we're being exposed to so many more plastics and chemicals and fragrances more than we ever have and it's starting to cause you know young girls to develop earlier, or women to have excess estrogen, which is triggering their cycles to um bleed heavier, bleed longer, start mid cycle as opposed to at day twenty eight or day one um and so uh what we look at there if if you're familiar with the term like b p a we know there's a lot of b p a free products now or paraben free or phthalate free these are all the chemicals that I find typically start to cause your PMS symptoms to worsen and your cycle to become irregular. But even beyond um, what we're exposed to in our environment, I've also seen food sensitivities very much be correlated to um, the severity of PMS symptoms or having any issues with your hormones. And the one that I find to be the most um, Pro-disruptive, or the most disruptive, would be gluten. And I don't know exactly what it is about gluten. This is the protein that's found in bread products. Um, It has this affinity for our hormonal glands, whether it be the uterus or the thyroid or what have you, and it really causes things to become very messed up and very inflamed, and this is where we can also start generating some of those um, undesirable hormone imbalance symptoms. And if it's not those things, then it can be other things, too. It could be, um, you know, weight is definitely a factor. So the more fat we carry on the body, the more those fat cells become estrogen-producing factories. And so more estrogen, the body throws off the balance between estrogen and progesterone throughout the cycle. Heavy metals are another thing, underlying infections. I mean, you name it. And that's why, you know, exactly as you said in the beginning, it's not fair for us to just be throwing a quick pill at someone and saying, well, you know, it's just a product of being a woman and you just have to get used to it and get used to the pain, get used to the um, mood swings. It's not fair for women to just think, oh, well, this is something I have to go through. This is not a rite of passage, ladies. This is not something that we have to be dealing with. And for the women that I've worked with, and I'm sure you can say the same, once we get their body functioning and once we get that symphony flowing as it should you know it they'll always tell me yeah my period just showed up i didn't know that mm-hmm. it was coming and it just came and that's really how yeah. it should be
1: Hmm. i love when patients say I, I had my period and i didn't even really feel it the whole time it was just yeah it was just happening but it wasn't it was nothing it was like no big deal right yeah.
2: and that's how it should that, be. that's a
1: clue yeah, it's exactly how it should be. So, okay, how about when when patients are put on birth control pills to help with their periods with the either the regularity or the symptoms of it, maybe with the acne or the cramps. What's going on with that? Why is why is it that that's often often turned to for doctors? Well, typically with the
2: birth control pill, what it's actually doing is it's almost making your body appear or seem like it's pregnant. So, to be quite honest, the way I kind of Um, put it into perspective is it's almost like it's telling your natural hormones go on vacation I'll take it over from here you don't have to function don't worry about it and it takes over but it's giving your body more synthetic estrogen or synthetic progesterone or what have you so when that happens the reason why some women start to notice improvement is simply because the irregularities have kind of been pushed into a back corner until they do decide to come off the pill. These same women are going to say, well you know, everything was great when I was on the pill and as soon as I come off, my cycles go right back to where they were and they're hairy carry and all of the um, mm-hmm. the heavy blood flow and the cramping and all of that starts up again. Well, this is the reason why. is because basically mm-hmm. we're just putting your natural hormones on vacation and kind of suppressing everything from functioning normally instead of determining what the root cause is to why the hormones are out of balance to begin with.
1: Right, right. So, part of looking at the root is getting, is getting data. You know, I know I'm sure you do the same. Oh, I do yeah. a lot of testing, right. Getting to the root of it all. So what are some, let's say you have a patient coming in she's dealing with really difficult periods. A lot of the symptoms we just talked about, what are some of like some of the main tests that you will run for that patient?
2: So with my patients, I always, always, always on the first visit run or have them do urine pH. So urine pH is probably one of the most um, informative and the simplest and most inexpensive testing that anybody can do. Anybody that's listening on this call, this is something I get all patients to do. And all you need to do is just grab some pH strips from a local health food store And you're literally going to measure your urine pH morning, afternoon, and evening at least one time, like three times throughout the day at least. You can definitely do more. And you just want to see, you know, what color is that paper changing. If it remains yellow, your body is incredibly acidic. So your body is producing a lot more toxins or there's something else going on. Maybe it's even stress that's causing that acidity in the body. And we can measure that through the urine. And the thing about acidity is that think of your hormones kind of like a highway. And if you want your car to go from point A to point, D, point B down the highway, then it wants that straight shot to work. But the more acid or inflammation or things like that that's in the system, it's almost like throwing big fireballs all down the highway. And then those cars have to either put on the brakes or do big U-turns or try to avoid the, the damage that's been done. And so it really slows everything down. And it's kind of working against us when it comes to healing. So number one, you always want to measure your acid alkaline balance. And I always encourage urine. Uh, I don't, You can't do the same thing with saliva. A lot of patients have said, well, what about doing it saliva? With saliva, you're basically just measuring how your digestive system works, not how your body is functioning, okay? So that's Mm -hmm. an easy, easy one. But when it comes to actually measuring hormones, what I do in my office as a naturopath is we very often will run salivary hormone panels. And the reason why we do saliva is because it's showing us the function of the hormone. So when you're doing blood, often blood takes a snapshot of what exists in the body at that particular moment in time. It doesn't necessarily tell us is the estrogen working, is progesterone working? And that's really where saliva comes into play. So I really like to do that, and we can either do um, all the basic hormones, as I just mentioned, estrogen, progesterone, but it also looks at cortisol, which is your stress hormone, and that could be another major trigger as to why um, menstrual symptoms are kind of out of balance, and hopefully we can touch on that a little bit later. Um, But it will also look at testosterone and the mother of estrogen and testosterone, which is DHEA. So we can get all of that done and get a really nice picture. And there's even a test that you can do a salivary hormone test every three days for the entire um, 28 days of your cycle to almost map exactly what hormones are working and when. And that can give us a great deal of information as to which is high, which is low, and what have you.
1: So what are what would be some some common things that you might see in the blood work or or in the all the all the labs that you just mentioned like a patient comes in has pretty bad PMS what are what are some common themes or patterns that you that you see a lot with these patients
2: Quite often it's usually low progesterone more than anything else and that kind mm-hmm. of alludes back to what I mentioned in the very beginning about estrogen dominance So with salivary testing or with blood testing, typically you're not going to be able to pick up any synthetic estrogen that the body's being exposed to. But what can happen is the higher the exposure of synthetic estrogen, whether it's from the birth control pill, from shampoo, conditioner, what have you, it almost acts like a big elephant and it just sits on all of the other natural hormones. And progesterone is probably one of the most important ones to keep things nice and stable. As I mentioned, it's really very important for the last two weeks of the cycle to keep you know, um, all the the uterine lining well-nourished and getting that blood flow there. And with all this extra hormone we're being exposed to from our environment, that very quickly gets suppressed. But the other thing I tend to find is that cortisol levels are incredibly high or incredibly low. And so cortisol is your stress hormone. That's coming from your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands sit right on top of your kidneys. So some people that will even have mid-back pain, it could actually be from stress. So if cortisol levels are excessively high or excessively low, it can also really disrupt how your sex hormones are working because they work on kind of a balanced scale. So cortisol is on one side and your sex hormones are on the other. And your body will always push things where the demand is. So if the stress is high or if your busyness is high, then your body is going to not make nearly as much sex hormone and make more cortisol because that's where the demand is. And we have to remember the whole reason why we're having a menstrual cycle is so that we can make babies. That's really the whole purpose of it is to release an egg so that we can get pregnant and make babies. When a woman is incredibly stressed out, your body does not want to be carrying a child, so it's actually going to kind of displace the need for creating a healthy cycle and place it more on the stress demand of that woman, if that makes sense.
1: hmm yeah, that's the analogy yeah. I use with my patients is if your body is, if, you know, imagine your body running from a saber-toothed tiger. You're not going to care about procreating or having sex. Your body just doesn't well, care. Just it's right. trying to get the hell out of there, you know, and it's right. it's really true. And and we hear that all the time with our patients who They go on vacation and all of a sudden they're pregnant, right? They're finally right. relaxing and then it, it, it just happens. So, yeah, yes. all super important connection. Um, what, How does the thyroid play into this?
2: Well, the thyroid, um, again, is, I usually say the thyroid and the adrenals are the most interconnected. Organ systems. Mm-hmm. So I find if the thyroid and the thyroid controls our metabolism, it controls our body temperature and body temperature is also key when it comes to having a healthy cycle. So if um, you're familiar with basal body temperature, that's another way that you can kind of monitor is my cycle working appropriately. And it just requires you to have a thermometer next to your bed. Every morning, you wake up hopefully around the same time. Don't move a muscle except for reach for that thermometer. Put it under the tongue and see what reading you get. So typically, the first half of your cycle should be a little bit lower. Like let's say around 36 degrees Celsius. Again, I'm using Celsius. And then, In and around ovulation, so again, day 14, we should be getting a a huge spike in temperature. So it should go up about a degree. And that's because we're now getting that LH surge and the estrogen is peaking and we're getting that release of the egg. So it's a very um, energetic process. And then if you do um, become pregnant for that next two weeks, you'll notice that your body temperature continues to rise if you don't get pregnant, then your body temperature will go back down a degree to about 36 degrees Celsius, and then you kind of start all over. So if the thyroid is running low, meaning you're hypothyroid, then it can also displace the natural ability for your body to ovulate and have a regular cycle. Now, as I said um, at the beginning of this um, question is, the thyroid and the adrenals are very interconnected. So Often I find when stress is high, then it'll bring the thyroid down. If the thyroid is naturally under-functioning or over-functioning, it's going to mess up your adrenal glands as well, and then it kind of throws off the entire system. So we always want to be making sure if we're looking at hormones, you get a complete thyroid panel done along with everything else that we've already talked about. And what I mean by complete thyroid panel, we want to get TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone, it's what your brain tells your thyroid to work, and then T3 and T4, which are the worker bees, so that's what the thyroid sends to the tissues to make it function in the body, and then we always want to be measuring for autoimmune thyroid, so that's your anti-TPO and anti-TG or anti-thyroglobulin, because often a lot of women, they'll only get TSH checked, and it looks fine but they have this autoimmune component that's driving the thyroid nuts and that could actually be something that you need to control before we can get the cycle back on track.
1: Awesome. So for for you listening who are on the Fahrenheit uh measurements, so the yes, first half of the you. cycle is <laughs> But Yeah, so the the I, the uh conversion is 96.8 is the uh, the Fahrenheit version and then um after the ovulation is 98.6. So you can see there's definitely a big spike that happens temperature-wise. Um, and it's also a really good clue about fertility. It's a way to know if, if ovulation's happened and if, if you are, in fact, having regular ovulation. Um, the other thing, too, is um, is making sure it's the free T3 and the free T4. So I do both total and free for both of them. I, I think it's an important thing to check on. And then also reverse T3. Um, you know, oftentimes we'll see that the, that T3 looks great, but then you're turning it into one you can't actually use. So, and, yes. and you know, most the crazy thing is most fertility centers, they check just TSH, maybe T4. Um, so it's just super important, and, and for you guys listening, um, we we did an entire show on on the thyroid, so you can get a lot more information about that in in some of the archived shows. Um, so, doc, what are some things that you have used? I want to get into some solutions. So, looking at first regulating things, um, you know, before they start, or you know, kind of doing we know that oftentimes it takes a while to get to the point where you're having difficult periods, right? It's not an overnight fix. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that we can do to help regulate this to where, you know, if maybe a month, two, three months on the line, we're not going to have the problem in the first place? And then also symptom relief. We know we want our patients to be comfortable too and not have to wait three months before getting relief. So what are some things for for both of those kinds of, um, you know, categories that you find that work well?
2: Yes. So let's start with just regulating the cycle. So again, we want to be initiating that proper timing, day one to day 15, or day one to day 14, estrogen dominant, day 15 to day 28, progesterone dominant. So very, very simply, and this is something that I also talk about in my book, is you can do what we call a seed protocol. Now, it may not be strong enough for everyone, but it's a very simple thing. And and a lot of people that predominantly want to heal with Food can do this very simply. So for day 1 to 14, we actually encourage women to have two tablespoons of fresh ground flaxseed every single day, whether that's in a smoothie, in your oatmeal, doesn't matter. But um, flaxseed has this natural estrogen-promoting or estrogen-stabilizing effect. So um, two tablespoons fresh ground flaxseed for the first two weeks, and then the second two weeks you can actually use two tablespoons of ground sesame seed, or even two tablespoons of tahini spread. Tahini is basically just sesame seeds. And you can, again, put that on crackers or toast or whatever you'd like. And that has a more um, progesterone-responding effect. Now, if you wanted to add in supplementation, we would do about 2,000 milligrams of flaxseed oil for the first two weeks and then 2,000 milligrams of evening primrose oil for the last two weeks. So it's a very simple protocol that you can basically start tomorrow. And um, if you don't know where your cycle is, so let's say you have a very irregular cycle, or for some women that might be listening, they don't have a cycle at all, we like to follow the lunar cycle. So the new moon is when day one should start, and then the full moon, so think about how animals are howling at the moon, that's because they're horny. So that's when you should be ovulating. And so that's going to trigger your progesterone phase. So if that gives women any idea of where to start, you can always find out where the lunar cycle is and kind of track your cycle based on that. So that's um, one easy, easy way of going about doing it. But if you wanted to add in other herbs that I find to be incredibly effective at balancing female hormones, uh, Vitex agnus castus, or otherwise known as chase tree, is phenomenal. And you can take that either just during the last two weeks because it is very progesterone dominant, or you can take it throughout the entire um, month, and it naturally will bring your cycle back into balance. So those are some very easy things that basically any woman can do just to kind of get that timing going. And then of of course, you know, based on what the triggers are, then there's other things that we can definitely discuss. The other thing I always encourage any woman with PMS symptoms or any hormonal imbalance issues is try to refrain from any gluten or dairy, just until we can get things back on track, reintroduce it see if it throws off your cycle again, then you may have to avoid it for a very long period of time. But as I said, gluten tends to be the most inflammatory towards the uterus. But even things like cow dairy can definitely disrupt things, or any other place that you might be getting some extra hormones added to food, or as I said, to your personal care products is going to work against all the hard work that you're doing now. Um, So that's what I would do for helping the cycle regulate itself. But with regards to symptomatic relief, I've actually found things like um, magnesium to be phenomenal at just mellowing a woman out. And if there's excessive cramping or any pain associated with your PMS symptoms, it's phenomenal just calming things down because we have to remember that the uterus is basically a big muscle and so just like any other muscle cramps if you're getting cramps from that area magnesium is phenomenal just calming the muscles down giving it a bit of relaxation so you don't necessarily need to grab or reach for Tylenol and things like that um What else would I use for symptomatic relief? With regards to mood swings, again, we usually use things to balance hormones out typically in and around the effect of either the Vitex again or things that'll stabilize even the adrenal glands, just kind of calm those things down. A multi B6 would be phenomenal for this and also fish oil. So fish oil is great at stabilizing the mood and it's all about dosage too. So a lot of people are just picking up generic fish oils that they see at the drugstore or at Costco or places like that and they just take what's recommended on the bottle but it's really a breakdown of the EPA that's the most important thing and EPA is what stabilizes the mood and is anti-inflammatory and all these other things. So I encourage at minimum 850 milligrams of EPA if not double that during the cycle just to help keep things kind of under wraps but these are all very simple um, Options that women can try, and then of course seek a healthcare professional like you or I for any further support that's needed. Because then we want it to be a bit more individualized.
1: Awesome, really, really good ideas for for that. There's, um, I'll I'll also add in some ideas I have too. So for helping to regulate the cycle, love the seed cycling, love the vitex. Um, I've been using a lot more Feminescence in my practice. That's a maca. Um, do you do you use feminessence at all? You know what i i I don't
2: personally use it a lot in my practice, but I love it when my patients do, so I think that's a
1: great mm-hmm. choice, yeah, you know I've seen that it, it's one of those things that can help to regulate the timing of the cycles um if there's irregular cycles that have been happening, or even if you haven't had a period in years um I've had a few mm-hmm. patients get their cycles back, so I'll do two caps twice a day of that um also. You mentioned the fish oil is super important. Bor- borage oil, another one I've seen, um, and for for actual symptom relief, I love um, Clary Calm. It's a um, a essential oil preparation from DoTerra that, mm. that was great. Oh, to yeah. Wear by that, yeah. So just rolling it on right on the lower abdomen, and you can um, do that. You can add a hot pack on there, you know, hot water bottle on there, and um, that's been really great. Also, spascopril, It's a homeopathic supplement that's by the company heal and it's really Mm -hmm. hard to pronounce supplement but spascopril i've had patients use that and it's they've been that's been good i'll I'll spell it for you guys listening it's s p as in poly a s as in sam c as in cat u p as in poly r e e l so spascopril and um yeah i've had some great great success with that and then another herb uh jamaican dogwood also known as pisidia p-i-s-c-i-d-i-a that's another one um as well, those those are all good options for when you're actually getting that pain and you want to kill someone, <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, you guys listening? If you if you add those different things in there, I, I guarantee you probably won't need to be using any more, um, you know, Tylenol or Advil or MideL or any of those kinds of things. So, um, but the, but the key is really getting to the root of it so that you're not having to reach for that anymore. Um, yeah, any other ideas pop in your head? I think those are the main ones that I have. Well, if we're talking about um,
2: homeopathics, I I really love the Pasco Femine um, product. That's from Pasco. Now, I don't know if Pasco's in the States, but we use it a lot in Canada. I've heard of it. And that's very mm-hmm. similar to what you were saying with the Heal product, kind of like the equivalent. So um, I use that personally, and it's phenomenal, again, for even just triggering uh, people that don't have a cycle. It just kind of brings it right back. So it's getting that mm. timing going again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Okay, and there's also sepia as well. So sepia is a good remedy for menstrual kinds of complaints. Um, and uh, what's the other one um, more emotional when it comes with real emotional stuff? What's, Ignatia uh, or pulsatilla? Ignat- Well, uh, Pulsatilla, that's what I was thinking of, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pulsatilla, Mm
1: -hmm. Ignatia, all those are are good good options as well to try. And, you know, there might be the the one remedy that just the clouds part and it's like angels start singing and another one may do nothing. So it's really kind of individual. Um, And and the thing that
2: I always – oh, sorry to interrupt, but the other thing that I just want to make sure that women understand is it's a very frustrating process because it's only happening once a month. And I know for anyone who's trying to get pregnant or anyone who's discouraged that their cycle still hasn't come back or it still isn't getting regular, you do have to give this a little bit of time sometimes. Like it's not an overnight thing, nor is it something you can just wake up the next day And all of a sudden, your period is perfect because it's kind of a watch and wait game. So that's just the only thing that there is that mental emotional component that comes with all of this. And just to let women know that it's definitely possible and we will get you there. You just have to understand that, you know, your period only comes once every three weeks.
0: So we sometimes
2: have to wait, right? So that's just the other part. It's Just don't get frustrated. Just keep doing what you're doing and eventually your body will catch up to
1: your goals. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, try try just a few things that we suggest. You don't have to do everything all at once. Right. I would say, you know, in terms of like what to start first, definitely magnesium is a great one to start right off the bat, taking that at bedtime, usually, you know, four, 400 milligrams or so. Adding in the good fish oil, the evening primrose oil, those right there will start to regulate cycles. I find that with evening primrose oil, it takes sometimes two or three months to kick in. Um so if it you find it doesn't work in the first or second cycle just keep keep at it. Um and then, you know, and then the Vitex, Vitex is amazing to add in at bedtime. Um uh, you know, not as it's not that big of a deal to do at bedtime, it doesn't make you tired, but I just tend to I usually do progesterone at bedtime, so that's why I do Vitex at bedtime, but um but that right there can also help to regulate things. So just try a few of them and I Promise you guys, you'll you'll find some relief, you know, if it really mm-hmm. is because of imbalanced hormones, and also get your thyroid checked. That's a huge one. I know for myself, I've I've talked to to my listeners before about this that my thyroid, I've had issues with that in the in the past, and that was the biggest contributor to my irregular cycles. So getting that on track really made my uh, my cycles really really regular, a lot more doable. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't we haven't mentioned this is sugar. Having sugar in your diet will make your yes. worse. So cut out yes. the sugar, Absolutely. cut out the alcohol. And that right there can make a huge difference in, in the severity of your symptoms. And then coming from a diet perspective, you got to get enough protein, you got to get enough fats in your diet, cutting out, you know, the excess carbs. Um, you guys listening know I'm more of a fan of the paleo diet, so adding more of the clean meats, lots of vegetables, good fats, um, even just that can make a, a big difference too. Yeah. Any other ideas Absolutely. I'm no, I
2: agree with all of that. <laughs> and, and kind of going back to the diet part of it, I find patients when they fall off the wagon, they're like, oh, yeah, my PMS symptoms came back and I don't totally. know why. I'm like, well, what have you been eating? What have you been doing? Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Or during exam periods, periods are just awful. Well, there's the mm-hmm. stress factor again. So it's also very important for people to understand that your body is so sensitive to those little things that you do throughout the month that you're going to have some really great periods and you're going to have some really weird periods, and that's okay. The other thing that I find is um, after my women do a detox, Their cycles typically are are different. So either they're really awesome or they have an incredibly heavy flow. And you have to remember that the uterus is acting kind of like garbage pail to the body. So that's why it's phenomenal that we get to detox every single month. And we just don't think about it that way. But depending on what your body's been exposed to, it's also going to change how your cycle and your rhythm is. So, you know, you just got to find something that works for your body and keep up with it. But if you fall off the wagon, then just acknowledge, okay, yeah, I know what I did, and then just pick it up again for the next month.
1: Yeah, for sure. So for you guys listening uh, who want to ask a question and you're on the line, go ahead and press 1 if you're on the phone line already. If you want to call in, this is the time to do it, 818-495-6919. We'll just uh, do a couple minutes here. We'll wait for some callers who want to ask questions. Um, And uh, what was the other thing I was going to mention? or something brain fart. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I skipped my my mind, what I was thinking, but, um, uh, I, I've seen the same thing with doing a detox and finding that the cycles become a lot more regular. Um, the PMS gets so much better. Amazing. Thyroid symptoms improve just, just detoxing. It's incredible just yep. how much it, the root of this is just toxin exposure. And, and so yep. in your experience, getting these things balanced out, how long kind of Timing-wise, a few weeks or a few months, how long before you find that the periods improve?
2: Um, I would say, well, it depends on how hardcore the patient is, right? So if they're super hardcore, they do everything right, they detox their body, it can take even by the next cycle. It all depends on the person. Mm-hmm. But I would, I always get, say, let's give it a good three months and then reassess. And then we'll do it kind of in three-month blocks because, as I said, it doesn't happen overnight. And even for women that haven't had a period, well, don't expect me to just ramp things back up again by the time, you know, by the next month. It typically doesn't happen that fast. Um, but there's other things that we have to be considering, too, that hasn't been brought up yet, which there could be other underlying hormonal conditions that are involved. So things like PCOS is a big one, or even having... Oh, what's another one? Now I'm blanking. Thyroid is definitely a big one. But these are things that can't necessarily be managed really quickly because there's so many other confounding factors involved. So yeah, I usually say, uh, give me a good three months. If we haven't noticed anything, then we'll try something new, add something new in, change some doses, and then keep following it that way.
1: Yeah, and if and if you guys find that your periods are worse when you have more stress going on, then maybe doing some adrenal support, adding in some adaptogens could be supportive for that. So things like Ashwagandha, you know, Siberian ginseng, um, you know, rhodiola, different kinds of adaptogen herbs and, and I I'm sure we've done some shows on that before, so um that can help to support you through that more difficult kind of time too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'm amazed how fast forty six minutes flew by, because <laughs> this is such yeah. a fun topic to talk about. Um, any any other parting words about this topic that uh, we didn't touch on? I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty good stuff.
2: No, I think we covered a lot. Now, I do have um, a YouTube channel, and I have talked about the menstrual cycle and other ways that you can kind of monitor your fertility. Um, and so you can just look up uh, either... YouTube Andrea Maxim or the channel is called Naturopathic Healing. And for everybody who's listening, I would love to give away a free downloadable version of my book. And all you have to do to go um, to get it is go to themaximmovement.com forward slash Dr. Low D R L O, and you can all awesome. get a free copy of the book there. And it's chapter five that focuses specifically on hormones and reiterates a lot of the things that we talked about tonight. So if anyone's mad scrambling notes, you don't have to anymore. And I probably should have mentioned that in the beginning, but I just wanted to reward people that watch the whole show all the way through, or if they're watching it, um, as it's been posted on your website, please, please go to com forward slash Dr. Lowe, and you can download a free copy of my book, which also comes with a 30 minute conversation with me that you can have either over Skype right or what have you.
1: Yeah. Cool, and I I did read through that for you guys listening, and it's really really good. I mean, I you put a lot of work into that into that book, so I I think yeah. people are gonna get a lot of a lot of good takeaways from that. So very very cool. And then um, people can follow you over at the, the com, right, and kind of keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Right on. All right, good. Well, it's been a pleasure. And I really appreciate you staying up late to be on the show. I know you're on East Coast time. So I really um, you know, appreciate you doing that. And um, yeah, well, it would be great to have you back on to talk about some other topics too. I know you're kind of a jack of all trades too. So we can, I'm sure, have a good juicy conversation about lots of different things. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. so enjoy and Yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: Thank you, thank you so much for having me on the show. And definitely I wanted to thank you again, as I did prior to the show, for doing this amazing podcast and putting this information out there because we really need to at least let people know that they can take their health into their own hands and that there is an option and nothing is set in stone when it comes to your health. So I think it's just great that you're doing this. And it inspires me to keep, motivating Aww. my patients to do the same. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks, Doc. I appreciate that. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> well welcome. you can get some rest and, and we'll we'll talk soon. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, thanks. Alright you guys, that's the show. Some really good stuff. I mean, I'm sure you guys listening, it's amazing to see how many things are involved with your menstrual cycle, right? All the things that you can do to help regulate what imbalances could be going on It's a lot more than okay let 's give you this birth control pill it 's a lot more than let 's give you some drugs to take away, take away the pain." If you're having these symptoms, there's something deeper going on. And it's not just about your menstrual cycle. If you're having imbalances and hormones, it's affecting other kinds of, you know, systems in the body. So it's all one big web. Your body is one big web. You tug on one side, it's going to affect the entire thing. So you've got to get the whole thing in balance. So it's, this is a great show to listen to over and over again. You're going to get something out of it each time. So, so definitely, you know, take some good notes. Go on over to... Um, Doctor Maxim's site um and, and check out her download and you'll you'll just you'll know more than most doctors. It's crazy how much information you get out of this. So love you guys. You're amazing. Stay empowered. Keep learning about your body and I will check you guys soon. Love you so much. Bye.